0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys football club. How about you, Cowboys! Yes! Go Cowboys! This, this, this is Talkin Cowboys, streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys world headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Frisco. Allen streaks in. Streaks in. Touchdown. Has it. Prescott keeps it and he
1: bangs it
2: into the touchdown.
0: And now your hosts, Isaiah Standback. Nick Harris, John Machoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Thursday edition
3: of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company live from the Star in Frisco, Texas in the SWBC studios. Glad you're with us as we preview the Cowboys and the Eagles coming up on Sunday, week nine of the NFL season. We have John Machoda, Nick Harris, Isaiah Stanback rocking it's the Fresh I. Sweater. It is I. Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how are we doing today?
1: How are you doing is the question, Kyle. That's a
3: great question. I'm glad you asked. I'm doing fantastic. Why? Because the Texas Rangers are world champions. Oh, that sounds good to say.
4: How about mm. that, man? Holy
3: cow. How about the Rangers? How about that? It took Gosh. a while. <laughs> took 52 years in Texas, 64 years as a franchise. They got it done, though.
4: It's unbelievable. It's. Uh, it, it doesn't feel real yet doesn't feel real yet. It. No. It feels like moments. a dream. Yeah. I was
3: telling Isaiah this. Isaiah's a big Seattle Mariners fan, so yeah. of course we've always gone back and forth. I worked in the Mariners organization, but when I was done with my games in West Virginia, whenever I was calling minor league baseball, I would go home and on the drive home, drive home I would tune into the Rangers games and listen to the end of whatever was happening, because we were East, Eastern Standard Time. I would turn it on, Eric Nadel, Matt Hicks, Jared Sandler, and I'd listen to the end the Rangers game. And so i i have kind of had my toe in both both camps previously but i was always i was born and raised a rangers fan i grew up a rangers fan die hard i mean if i had to rank the four teams as a child of course now one pays the bills so go cowboys but the uh if i had to rank the four teams of my fandom the rangers would have been number 1 from the jump number 1 cowboys number 2 and that was kind of it was jumbled from there depending on if the stars or maps were good but to see them finally get it done, it was surreal because it, it always felt like it was something you only saw on MLB the show yeah, you only saw in video games or in your, your your wildest dreams, especially as they lost 102 games last or two years ago, lost 94 games last year, you felt like they were moving in the right direction you didn't realize that this was the end result of a 2023 season and it brought up a lot of emotions, brought up a lot of nostalgia of going to the ballpark as a kid and really forming the early love for sports with my parents and with my sister and just being around the game as it was. Yeah, Finally got it done last night, and it felt like the culmination of all those emotions. Got a little emotional last night. I was in Waco, actually. Got to watch the final outs with my parents, which was special. And uh, we did cool. it We did a courtside at the Ferrell Center because I had to call a volleyball game <laughs> for Baylor and OU. So I was courtside after the game was over, and we pulled it up on my, my iPad and just kind of went from there and watched the final outs. So really, it was a cool moment. It was a special yeah. moment. And then the whole way home, tuned into our flagship, 105.3 The Fan, and just kind of Listen to the celebration. Yeah, kind of soaked it all in.
4: Yeah, I think a lot of Rangers fans share your sentiments and nostalgia for sure, just because of how close they came in 2011. Yeah, it, it was so bad that even when they were up five to nothing last night, and everyone knew they were about to win. You get down to that final strike, and you're like, "Oh my God, we can't mm-hmm. do this again." So, uh, but no, I, it was really cool looking at the Twitter timeline for like. Gosh, from like 10 p.m. until 1 a.m. last night, just everybody on there, just uh, you know, posting pictures of loved ones that may have passed. You know, my, my pops, he's passed since 2011, so being able to see that happen here in 2023, it's, it was super cool. So uh, yeah, it, it's it's why sports are special, and it, it kind of reminds you in times like these. Yeah,
3: my grandpa same thing. He's a huge Cowboys fan or was a huge Cowboys fan, was a yeah. huge Rangers fan. He's passed since 2011. He watched it uh with us in 2011, so you know he's smiling. Uh my dad's dad still with us got to see it yeah. last night. Yeah. Got to see the championship and that that it's special both ways because it's it's like that weight's lifted off your shoulders. I know Cowboys fans will feel that way when they get back to that point. And that's yeah. I mean, it could happen this year. You never know how sports goes. It could happen Way down the line, who knows, but it'll feel very similar because of the weight that it has been. But it's still not 52 years, and that's what the Rangers got rid of last night.
5: It's pretty fascinating, though, too. When you say it, when you mention the Cowboys thing, there, I, I, I'm not a Rangers fan, I grew up in Detroit, I'm a, I'm sure. a Tigers fan, but from watching how this whole season has unfolded for them, it's, it's like one of those, if it was comparable to the Cowboys, it would be like 2014, where you're just kind of like, mm. where did this come from? Like, how did this all of a sudden, like, I mean, you just go to the end of the regular season. I don't think anybody was picking the Rangers to win the World Series, no. let alone go win 11 road games. Um, I was telling Beam uh, when I got in here this morning about how if you would have told me that I couldn't watch any of it, but told me this was the result, I would have been like, oh, was there some way that, like, Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer both got healthy and they just were lights out throughout the playoff. None of that. Yeah. And then the, the p- part that surprised me the most is how much of a spark Evan Carter was this whole thing. Just to think like, what was it a month ago? He was playing down the road in Frisco yeah. and then, yeah. and he gets put right into It's not like they're like, yeah, go ahead. You're, you're kind of hot right now. Hit ninth or whatever. I mean, they put him right in the middle of that lineup and, and played like, you know, none of that phased him. Like there was just so many levels to it that it just, it's, it's surprising. Like it, it, I could see it taking a lot of people like a while for it to actually set in, like how everything just came together as quickly as it did.
4: The Rangers having the parade in Arlington is very fitting, and I, I think it's I, I think it's exactly where it needs to be because the ballpark was there, the old yeah. old ballpark was there, the new park, of course. If the Cowboys win a Super Bowl, they they got to do it in downtown Dallas, right? Like <laughs> yeah. the, this isn't going to be a trend where just everyone does it in Arlington, right?
3: <laughs> we were joking pre-show that that there would be three different stops. It would be Dallas, Arlington, and Frisco, and it'd be over the course of three days. It'd be like an ACL weekend. Like you have a wristband, and that's your that's your way to get in, yeah. and it's just like a whole. It's like a week. Festival of, of lights of of Cowboys fans. It would be it would be too big to, to be able to yeah. put it in Arlington. There's no way yeah. that it would work out. But man, special times. I don't want to take up most of the show talking about the Texas Rangers. If you want to talk Texas Rangers, you can find me on Twitter because I would love to talk about the World Champions uh, for the for ever. Because we can, because they're world champs.
4: Really quick, I think I'm coming down with a cold, and I will not be here tomorrow. Just want to let you guys know, because of the parade.
3: Oh, yeah. You're not going to be here tomorrow? No. I'm coming to do the show, and then I am bouncing the to Arlington. I'll be here. I am. Yeah. (laughs) I will be here, but then I will be in Arlington, which, by the way, if you're going to go to the parade, hit us up. It'll be fun. Isaiah, you want to go to the parade? I'm good. You good? Yeah. Darn. I've been in a parade before. Yeah, you have. (laughs) Sly that flex. was that was not a slice. What's,
4: what's the best part sure, about no a parade about other than <laughs> no. you know the, fest, the certain festivities? But
1: um, best part about a parade It's just everybody's. <clears throat> sorry, for me it was it was the families. Yeah, yeah, like like yeah. all the families. Like at least when we did our parade, when we did a parade, I say our. Uh, I guess back then uh, with the Giants, uh, the families had their own float. Like cool. they like they had their own they were on buses it was pretty dope so they got an opportunity to go through it like they weren't subject to just wait until we got back like they were in a bus on and going through the parade as well so that was pretty doggone dope uh, the wife was pregnant at the time so that was kind of crazy wow um, but you know going through that with your teammates and being on there and seeing all the literally millions of people not thousands it was millions of people on the streets yeah and for me like the the thing that always plays in my head is looking up. And those those, you know, freaking high tower buildings down there in, in New York and looking up and just seeing freaking paper. People just literally just throwing paper. I wouldn't even confetti. It's just people just copy people paper, just crap, cracking their window open because, you know, it only goes open so far. They're just like chucking pieces of paper down <laughs> you, as far up as you can see. And you just look up and it's just like pouring down. It's freaking amazing. I think I have it like on my old hard drive just in my safe somewhere. Um, but it was it was dope, man. So,
4: so y'all were in Manhattan, not New Jersey. Bro, no, we were we were <laughs> they down. in the Meadowlands. Oh, yeah, yeah, so sure. they was they was we were going down the
3: Jersey Shore.
4: No, we did the parade the downtown.
1: Walk. But then we, once we finished the parade downtown, we got we all they did the whole little presentation, the key to the city. So like I have the key to the city and in my safe, all that jazz. But then we bust back to the stadium, and apparently the day before they had opened up the stadium and people were not opening it up, but you know allow people to start lining up. So when we got back to the stadium, we walked in like literally walked in like it was a game. Right, Smoke, everything like that. We're walking out the tunnel, and the stadium is flooded with people. I yeah. mean, it is packed. And Naughty by Nature is up there <clears throat> performing, and they got their leather jackets on. That's and awesome. It's, oh, it was freaking dope. That's it awesome. was freaking <laughs> dope. It was so—you want to talk about surreal. That was freaking surreal. You literally yeah. walk out with the smoke, and you hear the music playing, and you, you walk out of it, you come out of it, and you just see nothing. But people just go, <sighs> It yeah. was wild,
5: Chasing yeah. Eli.
3: Yeah, yeah that's what. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yep. I Can't believe that just went out over our airwaves. <laughs> awesome. So I,
1: w- I would love for Dallas to to experience that in my in my uh, lifetime. That would be that'd be awesome.
3: Same here, same here. I, that's the thing is, I mean, I've I grew up a Rangers fan, but I've also never seen a Cowboys win either. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a Cowboys win a Super Bowl. That's why, and, and I think we've had this conversation previously, whenever the frustrations of things come up along the way, I want it to happen so bad. It, it's the same yearning that I had for this, but even now since I work inside the building and I know these guys personally and I've been around this for a long time, maybe even more so than the yearning that I had for the Rangers. The Rangers, they it, like I said, it's more of a surprise than it was an expected thing. This Cowboys team has been really good and and I know a lot of people might dissect what I just said and said they've been really good and, oh, they haven't made it this far or that far or wherever it's been. Their roster has been good enough to make a run. They just haven't done it yet. No. And they may not do it. They might do it. Who knows? But if that moment comes, then all of a sudden, I think it would be one of the, the greatest sports moments in this city's history.
4: I'll tell you this. I looked up last night, and this is kind of to your point, John. When you look at the end of the regular season for the Rangers and just kind of where they were, um, and then they end up winning the whole thing, you know, you, you kind of look at the Cowboys and you're like, OK, they've had some bumps and bruises along this regular season so far, but really good opportunity to go into Philadelphia this weekend. And if yeah. they come out with a win, there's a lot of confidence on the other side, not only with the championship celebrations that are happening here after a regular season that was i would say it's very similar to what the cowboys have experienced so far yeah some really bad stretches that make you look like the worst team in baseball Then bullpen really the, great stretches exactly holes
3: in in certain parts of the team that you need to fill for the cowboys like bullpen might be,
4: red zone uh <laughs> exactly i mean bottom of the order it does uh, compare yeah it does so um you know maybe playoff time these these guys are uh, ready to go on the road and win four games maybe
5: <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna be the spores for them games. Oh uh, close it Deuce out. Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> now that would be interesting. I think Deuce Vaughn stepping into a big Carter. role with Evan Carter. Yeah, that's true. That would be that's an true. Evan Carter Spores role. has to be somebody that like you, I don't know.
4: Yeah, somebody. I can't, even,
5: I can't even think of a comp. Dude, really it would have been, the movement it'd be like Jonathan nasty. Yeah.
4: Jonathan are nasty. Oh,
1: pew,
5: yeah. bro, that thing was, I don't even know how you hit that. It'd be you like don't. Jonathan
4: Hankins if like he got, like, three force fumbles in the playoffs yeah. or something like that, and, like, a pick six somehow.
0: Yeah, like, a
3: decent <laughs> player, been around yeah. for a little bit, but not, like, a game changer, and then he comes in and
5: just or does Gallop his job. Or Gallup with, like,
4: back-to-back 100-yard games.
5: Deal. The Evan Carter comp is, is definitely, uh, would be Mozzie Smith. Yeah. Where, like, the second half of the season, he just really takes his game to another level, fills in, in, a, in a spot that they really need help in at, at defensive tackle. That would be, I would think that would be the closest.
3: I guess defensive tackles are the only comparisons we have
4: to the Texans. <laughs> we just Rangers. want them to be heroes so bad. <laughs>
3: uh, let's let's hit some news and notes. Uh, we're still running deep into the first segment, but news and notes outside of the Rangers being world champions. Uh, the Cowboys were back on the practice field yesterday.
4: Yeah, they were, and it was uh, the coldest practice that they've had so far in the 2023 season. Um, and uh, practice report: You got Tyron Smith who did not practice as he's continuing to nurse his neck injury. And again, I think we mentioned yesterday about how Jerry Jones has a little bit of confidence there still going into this week, but you mm-hmm. get confidence last week, so still something to monitor as the week gets closer. Jaron ron Kirst did not practice with a toe injury. That was something new that popped up on the injury report. And then Michael Gallup battling an illness did not practice. And then if you guys recall, Chuma Idoga going down in the, uh, I believe it was late in the third quarter, yeah. early in the fourth quarter. Um, Chuma Idoga going down what looked like a scary injury initially. Uh, just an ankle, <clears throat> a low sprain, and he was limited yesterday. So uh, good news on the Chuma Yidoga front in case Tyron Smith cannot go. But uh, definitely both of those guys, I think that's going to be the highlight of the week and something you need to keep track of.
3: Which one of those injuries concerns you the most, John, based off of it being on the injury report? Does it start with Tyron, or is it one of the others, like a, a J. Ron Curse, another
5: starter out? Well, with Tyron, it's every week that that's a factor. So Fair. I guess, yeah, that would be number one because of his importance. But, yeah, J. Ron Curse, uh, didn't really expect him to be on there, so that was kind of interesting to see what he does today. That would be the one that, when I got the email, that jumped out to me the most. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would say, Curse, big toes don't really just go away. So if he is experiencing something with his big toe that is concerning enough to keep him out of practice,
3: and it's probably going to be bothering him even on game day, whether he plays or not. I think the the number one thing is it's got to be Tyron. Chuma Doga being back and limited makes me feel better. I still want to see what Awesome Richards can do up with the the ones up with the starting offensive line, and they, there was lots of encouragement from him out of camp. There were lots of, lots of uh, high praise for him out of camp, and he never really got a chance to run with the ones. It was mostly the twos and threes that he would rotate in with. So uh, I'd like to see a little bit more awesome Richards. Maybe we'll get to see that through for through practice. Media won't, but from, from just a general standpoint, uh, I'll see if we can talk to him today too, see if he can maybe find his way into that left tackle spot and just kind of <laughs> fill in should Chuma Adoga not be able to go
4: yeah absolutely and uh, also you're talking about awesome richards correctly right yes uh, yeah awesome richards I, i've been able to chop it up with him in the locker room a couple of times he's a philly native so he's going to be going back to philadelphia uh, Interesting. Uh, hope looking to get some family out there so if he's able to touch the field i know that'd be a big moment for him uh next news and note trayvon diggs was in the locker room yesterday for the first time since he suffered his acl tear uh, last month he also had surgery on that knee last week um and he was just able to talk I, gosh he talked for about six or seven minutes and gave us some good stuff just how he's handling it physically mentally and he looks like he's in a good good spot he said he's uh he's been able to pick up some new hobbies and um, he's been able to you know bond more with his son he's been able to watch a lot of football he's like I feel like I haven't watched as much football since I've been in the league um the quote that really stood out everything happens for a reason just got to roll with the punches it's all in God's plan just got to get healthy come back stronger and faster he said I'm not worried about overcoming this injury it's 2023 there's a lot of new technology that's going to help me get back I'm not worried about it courtesy of our John showed to my right on the tweet Hmm. um But, yeah, it it looked like he was in good spirits. He also mentioned how Jordan Lewis was one of the first people he had reached out to whenever he had the injury or reached out to him, vice versa. Um, And, you know, Jordan Lewis, it took him 13 months to get back on the field and and get ready and uh, just that mental aspect. I think that's a big part of the injuries like this. So it looks like he's battling that correctly so far. And fortunately or or unfortunately, (laughs) whichever way you want to look at it, um, there's a lot of guys who have had ACL tears on this team. So uh, there's going to be a lot of support on his back.
3: Isaiah, you've always talked about it. Just whenever you went through your injuries and you were out for a significant amount of time, you needed that support to get through it. It seems like Diggs is getting that support.
1: Yeah, community is everything. Um, the as he mentioned, you know, the physical aspect that's going to that's going to heal. Uh, there's a plenty of plenty of doctors, trainers, therapists. Technology, all that stuff's going to help you get back physically, but the mental aspect—I um, feeling like you're not isolated—even as high-profile of a player as he is, you still feel lonely. You know, you still feel like nobody's paying attention to you, nobody cares about you. <clears throat> and you know, you, you mentioned that it's his first time back in the locker room. That's that's a while not being in the locker room. You know, you this, this time of the year, it's, it's like it's like waking up and your wife not being in bed. It's like, hey, what the what the heck? Like, where where are you at? You know, so like. Going into the locker room, I know that meant a lot to him. Um, having your teammates actually reach out to you—if that was the case—that means a lot to you because you're not you're not dealing with this by yourself anymore, and you're not invisible. Um, so, you know, shout out to all his teammates that are going to be out there continuing to support him. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of guys that are in his same boat, obviously on this roster right now. So yeah. he has that community, but that community is not the same as you know the guys that are on the field. You still want you still want to be around your mm-hmm. bros.
5: Yeah, I was surprised to see him in there, Um, and I do think that's a good sign because of Jordan Lewis dealt with some of that, it feels, or it sounds like, from what he had said about, you know, uh, you just kind of go to a dark place when all of a sudden you're not around everybody, and it really meant a lot to him that coaches and players reached out to him, so we wanted to make sure he was doing that same thing, uh, it sounds like, for Trayvon Diggs. Uh, And Diggs was at the game in, I believe, in L.A. He said he's not going to this one in Philly, but uh, uh, it just I think it's a good thing to have a guy, any guy that's on the team still be around the team after they get hurt um, so often you see, like I know, especially in the NBA, like a guy has a season-ending injury, you barely you never see that guy that much, even sitting on the bench and that, so yeah, I think it's good for him to be in there and and, uh, and he brings up a good point, I mean, it, he's it's 2023, he said 2024, but um, <laughs> the advancements in medical technology, it's not like that this is, oh, well, you're never going to be back to being a good player in the NFL you yeah. know, I mean, he's as long as he stays on the right track and that i mean he should still have a very productive you know nfl career it's interesting that that added human element that gets added into it with these
3: injuries because a lot of times it's like oh next man up up this guy's out got to get him out of the out of the equation but there is a human element side to it and and there always will be with this game and uh, with trayvon specifically he was trending in the right direction. we talked about the injury when it happened this defense was elite it was it was off to a historic start since then it's been rocky and, and missing Diggs was a big part of that so the the fact that he is still remaining plugged in and I'm sure the guys in the locker room that are still playing probably appreciate it just as much as trayvon Diggs appreciates guys reaching out I think him being in the locker room probably helps the the mindset of these guys going into a game like Philadelphia where uh, they they know that they've still got teammates that have their backs including Trayvon Diggs who's no longer on the field but certainly has the the same size same sort of production same sort of uh, emphasis for his teammates around him
4: yeah, for sure. And uh, last nose, uh, news and note here, Nose and Newt. Uh, nose and Newt. <laughs> uh, speaking of going back to Philly, Michael Parsons, Harrisburg native, going back to Philadelphia. Um, looking forward to the game. He, he's he's definitely circled this one every year. Um, but this is something we kind of talked about yesterday uh, in, in previewing the Cowboys defense against the Philly offense. He said uh, that we got to rush our butts off. Most games are won up front. For us to win this game, we got to win up front. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. I think that's where this game starts. Okay. Do you agree? I totally agree. Gotta get after it, right? Yeah, you, you
1: gotta be able to handle those fellas.
3: Yeah.
4: I think there's no way you
3: win this game if you're not uberly aggressive and I mean, yes, you're gonna have to make the right reads, but you can't play this game on your heels. That's no, you not how not. it can not how it happens. All right. They go crazy, John. Huh? We're heading <laughs> We're heading into into our first segment when we come back. It's time for QB vision. Mm. First first break, not first segment. I was, I was, I was yeah, Whatever. Yeah. I'm, uh, the world champions. Okay, long night. Uh, it's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> I can say what I want. The Rangers want it all. Trunk or right. champagne? When we come back, we will hit QB vision. It's time to preview the Dallas offense versus the Philadelphia defense. What does Isaiah back have in store from his scouting report? When we come back with more
0: Talking Cowboys.
3: Banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply, member FDIC.
1: Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you?
0: Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time. But what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry
1: on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one
0: you deserve. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear?
1: Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
3: Back here on Talking Cowboys, this portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor
4: of the Dallas Cowboys. What? (laughs) You were just uh, finishing off your Quaker Oats there, as you were saying. No, I I just... just,
3: I'm not even going to talk. Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, as well. Before this show goes off the rails, let's get into some...
0: Wide 80. Wide 80. It's time for QB Vision with Isaiah Stanback.
3: This is a big one. This is, uh, this is probably the biggest matchup of the year offensively to this defense. What do you got in store for us today?
1: Well, I can tell you guys some things that you guys probably already know. Also bring up a couple of things that you may need to pay more attention to. Um, but So write it down, everybody. Yeah, the, <clears throat> I reality, got my notes open on my phone. Let's go. Now. All right. Uh, the reality is this this defense is solid. Right? Um, There's no secret. i not telling you anything that you don't know in regards to I that. I didn't know that. Uh, however, they were exposed a little bit last week. Oh. Uh-huh. And... Shout out to Eric Bieniemy and the Washington Commanders for putting some things on tape that really um, might have opened up the window. You know, I'm always using Friday references, and it's like the window open with Debo. Like he's gonna he's gonna lift that thing open. So I'm hoping that Coach McCarthy saw some things that he can now expose with this defense. And some of the Was things. Was it the blueprint? Yeah, it might have been the blueprint. Might have been that Vic Fangio. So. Mm.
3: Um,
1: I think I think so. Or I truly do believe so. Only the real talking cowboys OGs remember that. Exactly. Um, so let's let's get into it. Coverage wise, what can you really expect out of these guys? Um they're a single high team. These guys don't like playing two safeties. It's not I mean two high safeties is not their thing. They're near the bottom of the league, I think twenty first somewhere around there in terms of being playing split safeties, all right. Meaning that they're they'll start out with two safeties up top and then they do a really good job of delaying Uh, right before the snap or even after the snap in terms of which safety is going to roll down into a single high coverage. They want to get down a single high. They want to play man-to-man coverage. Uh, They want to be in nickel. Um, They are in nickel, meaning the 5 DBs, they're in that 80% of the time.
5: 80%
1: 80% of the time. So you think about a team that's playing nickel, you have to take Dallas out of it. Dallas doesn't play a ton of nickel. Dallas is actually number one in the league for dime, meaning yeah. that they play six because of the safety situation. Um, and they have a, a, some, a good rushing defensive front. These guys feel confident playing nickel with five DBs on the field. That's not necessarily their scheme. Their scheme is their front, their front uh, seven. Though that's their scheme. They feel super confident with the guys that they have on the front defensive line, much like Dallas does. But it's different. Dallas feels confident with their pass rushers versus these guys feel confident with their pass rushers and their rush defense, interior defense alignment. Um, And it allows for them to play 80% nickel. It allows for them to also play primarily man. Uh, These guys want to play man coverage dang near the whole game if they could. But a lot of times they'll still – Ooh, i almost said the other word. They'll they'll still they'll still mess around with you in terms of. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> they'll, they'll still mess around with you in terms of needing to identify what the actual coverage is, even though they want to play man. They'll still roll in three. Yep. They'll still roll in four. They'll still roll in when they don't really play a, a straight two. They'll usually play a cover six, meaning they'll play cover four to one side and roll coverage to cover two, usually down to the boundary. Okay, so they'll roll the corner down, roll the safety over the top, usually to the boundary to play cover four off in the on the field side. So when you look at it from that perspective, you can kind of put them in a the category in certain downs, usually right like third down, third and long situations as the Rams as the Chargers because the Rams and the Chargers play, played primarily cover four and we've seen how productive that was versus those coverages so I don't foresee that happening a ton but when you find yourself in those down the distances if you do see road coverage on one side most of the time if you go to the field side you're going to get that cover four your guys should be open the way in which they have been the past few games but man coverage what issues does that present well in the West Coast offense, we've seen that pre- provide pre- present some issues in terms of getting off the line of scrimmage, in terms of uh, creating space. Um, that's when these condensed sets, that's when motions, that's when shifts, all these things really come into play, getting guys off of you, yeah. right? as we like to say. like If I come up to the line of scrimmage and JM walks up on me right now, okay, I want to go put myself even in like a little short little return motion, right? like I'm going to the center, come right back. Right now, guess what? You've had to back up. Right, You have to back up, and that gives me the space I need to now run my slants, run my my outs, my ends, whatever else that they want to run in this particular uh, type of offense. So that's something that can help them. Um, they are a base 4-3 defense. That's what they are. They are a 4-3 at heart, and they can be a 4-3 because they have a plethora of guys. They have more defense alignment than you can ever imagine. We talked about that this week, obviously, with some of the moves that were made in the NFL. Um, however, I feel as if they are most dangerous when they're in a 3-4. They run a 4-3 base, meaning four defensive linemen, three linebackers, okay? Uh, or if they're running two linebackers and running an extra DB in there, however they want to facilitate it. But I feel that they're most dangerous when they are in their 3-4. Hmm. And and the reason why I say that is these guys are at the top of the league in terms of pressures. 135 pressures through eight games. That is insane. I think that's an average of almost 17 pressures per game on a quarterback. That's the bad news. The good news is Dak Prescott has completed 70% of his passes versus pressure. Nice. So we'll take that all day long. That's a win. That's a, that's a heck job, of a boys. win. Good job, boys. Yeah, that's a heck of a well, win. everybody. Okay, so pressure if you want to, but their pressure isn't coming in the form of blitzes. Sorry, Kyle. So they're not, they're not exposing themselves to Dang typical man. openings in their defense because of the pressure that they're eliciting, right? So they're not blitzing to create the pressure. They're using their front guys' to create the pressure. Who are those like front guys? Much. I don't like that as much either. You know, when they go down to their four four down linemen, it's, it's whoever they want to rotate in there. But when they go down to their three their three down, their three down linemen and four linebackers, quote-unquote, they're putting their big fellas in there. And the reason why I don't like that is because they're putting their nose tackle, who is big Jordan Davis, he, they're putting him isolated on the center. That's fun. That's not fun. I don't (laughs) like that at all, actually. Okay? Jordan Davis on Tyler Biotic, one-on-one. So when you see a 3-4 freaking hold on to your seats because you literally have 345 pounds lined up over Tyler Biotic, who is typically considered to be light in the butt. And he's Mm. really strong. Okay, now who's next to him? All right, well, now next to Big Davis, okay, not in the not in the one shade, not in the two or three. All right, these guys are going to be in the five shades, meaning they're going to be just outside the guards, okay? So they're going really try to really try to force you to double-team them with your guard and your tackle. They're going to split the guard and the tackle. So Big Davis is manned up on the center. They're going to put... Who are they going to put in there? They're going to put um, Hassan Reddick. Yeah, they're going to put Hassan. Well, no, not Hassan Reddick is going to be standing up. They got. Okay. they have Cox, Yeah, they got Jaylen Jalen Carter, Carter
3: and Fletcher Cox. Milton Williams, pride of Louisiana Tech, also. Yeah. So, but
1: you got Big Jordan Davis over your center. Okay. You got Jalen Carter, in between your guard and your tackle, and you have Fletcher Cox in between your guard and your tackle. Yeah, it's a lot of strength. That's, that's a th- lot of grown man and yeah. a lot
5: of strength right there. Okay, that's quick not update. Got- Let me just give you a quick update here. All right, so the, from the injury report yesterday, Jalen Carter. The only back issue, but he was full, even though they did a walkthrough. This is simulated on what he would have been. Jordan Davis was limited uh, hamstring. Sorry, go ahead. There we go. I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Uh, So this this is barring all injuries, right? Mm -hmm. If these guys are are healthy, 4-3, I think that you can expose their 4-3. I think you can run all over them, to be honest with you. Wow. Wow. I think that it allows for you to get your double teams. It allows for you because their defensive ends like to stay so wide in the 4-3 that you can keep them out with your tackles and your, and your tight ends. Just push those, those the defensive ends out. And then you have those combo blocks on the inside with your center and your guard and your guard and your, uh, and your tackle. Okay, So you can do combo blocks all day long versus their 4-3. But when they go 3-4, you can't. You can't double team because your center can't get off the ball. Big Davis, big Jordan Davis, he's literally pushing you back. Not only is he big, he's strong as all get out. Yeah. So he's going to force you into the backfield, if not have a have a stalemate at the line of scrimmage so you can't work up to the next level. Now your guards and your tackles have to respect the fact that Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox are splitting the difference between them. Oh, and then, by the, by the way, you have Josh Wett and Hassan Reddick that are going to be coming from the outside. So if you... If you respect their defensive ends, which you have to, yeah. because their defensive ends are doing doggone good this year. Okay, they got what five and a half, six and a half sacks, whatever it might be. Then you're isolating your tackles, right? So now your tackles are isolated with the defensive ends, okay, who are standing up, okay, and this three-four, okay. Your guards and your 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 guards are now working with who? Jalen Carter yep. and Fletcher Cox, and your center is isolated up with. Jordan, Jordan Davis. Davis. So your three interior linemen are now isoed, right? And when they have their defensive end standing up, now your tackles or your tight ends are isoed. I don't like that. It's like five on five. And it's five on five, and I and I don't, five
3: chances for something to go wrong.
1: Yeah, and I, I just don't like that. I really don't like that because it doesn't allow for you to have the ever have the advantage of having your combo blocks. Combo blocks meaning that double teams, okay? We we wanna block you, Nick. So Kyle and I are gonna get shoulder to shoulder, we're gonna get our pads underneath you, we're gonna move you off the ball. Okay? You're gonna need all three. I figure. Okay. When you're in when they're in that three, four, which they don't run too often, but I can foresee them doing that, you can't it's very difficult to run the ball.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not going to say can't. Oh, you don't think the Cowboys' run game is going to get on track against this team? I think the
1: Cowboys' <laughs> I think the
5: Cowboys' run game has been effective. They're just not doing it enough. Right? I would be stunned if they get going against it. I agree. I don't feel as
1: if they're going to get run going against it. the ball 35 minimum. But guess what? Minimum. If they do, if Ooh. they come in, so that's the 3-4. Mm-hmm. If they come out in their base 4-3 like they've been showing on film that they, that they like
3: to go to, yeah. I think that you can move these guys off the ball. So does that turn it into... Is that blocking schemes? Is yes, that so, yeah, so, so that's when you leave one of those guys on the backside. You're, gonna you're going to leave him back You've got to run away from him. Yeah, you do, do not let – me, let me reiterate this. <laughs> do not. Do somebody not, take the solo
1: shot. Do not run between the guard and the center. Don't – those three holes are not for you. Okay? (laughs) Holes zero, one, and 2 are not for you. Go outside. You have to go outside and run away from these guys. That's one thing that the Washington Commanders put on film this past week. They stretched these guys out. They made these big fellas get up and move. And it got them out of of that 3-4. It forced them to get back into a 4-3 because now they needed to be able to stretch the line of scrimmage, right? Um, When you're in that 3-4, you can attack the outsides. Mm -hmm. Okay? You can make these guys move. So they go to a 4-3 and they just align there. Okay? But what happens when you're in a 4 Three, it gives you the advantage because you can now do what you have your double teams, yeah. okay, and you can work your double teams and it allows for your your receiver. You need a receiver. I don't know who it is to come in there and hit the dog on safety because their safety they
4: have a new safety. Yeah, his name's Kevin Byard. Oh, Kevin Byard. I got a quick question about this new safety. Yeah. Um, being his second game with the team yep. uh, how how quick do you think he picks up everything is it is it automatic as a safety or is it a hey, you know a couple of weeks yeah, yeah. learn the system then you'll have it down or is it like man let's let's just For try sure. to be done by week twelve
1: I can't <laughs> speak to what their how complicated their system is, but yep. what I'm seeing on film I don't know what their responsibilities are as safeties in terms of how much there commanding what's going on up front and all that jazz, but they're running base coverages. They're just doing a great job of disguising them. And you know primarily they want to get demand to coverage. So as you know, as 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 he wants to get involved, I can see him wanting to get involved in the box. Right. And if he wants to get involved in the box, you're going to need a receiver who wants to get in there and get physical. If you want to establish this running game, otherwise he will disrupt everything even if you take care of all your responsibilities up front with the front the front 5 okay and the second level if you don't have a receiver who is willing to get in there and get physical and knock him off, I'm talking about ear hole him, okay? I'm not talking about trying to injure the guy, but I'm talking about old school football right here, okay? We call it earhole. ear hole, okay? He's coming downhill. Only thing you see is his ear hole. You try to put him on his butt, okay? You have to have a guy that has that intensity that wants to do that. Otherwise, you cannot have your splash plays because, by the way, that's the whole reason why they brought him in here was to be a disruptor and shut down ability to run. So 3-4, no bueno, okay? 4-3. You can run the ball, okay. Man coverage, you have to get off the ball. You have to get off the ball. Continue to move these guys around on the line of scrimmage. Continue to move. Cavante um, uh, Turpin, we saw that versus man coverage, okay. Mm-hmm. When we saw him come in motion, we saw Ceedee Lamb over the past few games. He's been coming in motion and getting free, even just coming across the formation. Nothing crazy. It creates leverage uh, issues for them. I foresee that being all positive. I say all that to say all this to say. This is a team that. As good as they are personnel wise, defensively, they can be exposed. They can really be exposed defensively if you get them moving laterally. If you get them moving laterally, you can expose these guys because they're not great in coverage, even though they have some some good defensive backs. Okay, they got James Bradbury, they have Darius Slay, they have guys that are really good at man to man coverage. But if you get the if you get moving out the pocket, if you get this line of scrimmage moving, then you're a threat. To Everything else that they want to do they want to line up and just come downhill. That's their game plan if they in a perfect world. We got our big fellas against your fellas and we're bigger and stronger than you straight up straight bully ball. Right? They're not going to blitz a whole bunch. They'll do it every so often. And whenever they do blitz, it's usually a nickel blitz. Okay? They'll bring somebody from the secondary. But then that exposes them in terms of getting the, you, know, you can get the ball out and do hot routes. I'm not sure if they're running hot routes in this particular offense, meaning that when a blitz shows, you cut your route off and you get the ball right now. Okay? I'm not sure if they have that in there, but put it in. Make it happen. It's, it's, not, it's not difficult. Um, and when they do decide to blitz, make them pay for it, make them go back to their base defense and run the ball. I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds crazy against these guys, but you have to stretch these guys out, and you have to get them running. If you get these boys with their hands on their hips and they're huffing and puffing,
3: you got them. There are a couple questions I have. I know you all probably have some questions as well. When we come back, I'm just going to say these two words. I'm going to see your your reaction to yep. it. Screen game. Mm-hmm. Not a, not much of a reaction. Mm. We'll talk about that when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. <laughs>
0: 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving. We do just that. Learn more at Marines.com
3: to talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back in to a Thursday edition. We just got to hear from Isaiah Stanback and QB vision here over the last couple of minutes. Now, I mentioned screen game going into the break. Correct. You're talking about getting to the, the numbers, getting Correct. outside, going to the sideline, using the flats mm-hmm. and trying to stretch these guys out. Is it going to be fruitful for this Cowboys offense, or would it be fruitful for them to maybe try and get that screen game going? We have talked about it a couple times on this show. Is this a week where you can maybe look to pull that off?
1: I would say no. Okay. Collective. Uh The reason why I say no is because this is a press man team, meaning that these guys are going to be in the face of your receivers, so it's going to be a very long block for your receivers, depending on the type of screen that you're facilitating, and it increases the probability of, A, them getting off the block, and, B, you getting a holding call. Hmm. Um, The second reason why I would say no is because these guys are not pass rushers in that sense. They have Reddick, right? They they, they have um, Sweat those guys that are stand-up ends are primarily or they got their hand in the ground in four three, those guys will get upfield, but their interior guys are two gap guys. Hmm. Like Davis, Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox are gonna put two hands on you, grab your chest your your chest pads, and drive you back two to three yards. That's mm-hmm. what they want to do. And if you're in if they're engaged with you in blocking, It's very hard to shed a 330-plus-pound man and just chuck him out the way as if he's a piece of paper, right? Usually you want to run screen games for teams like Dallas that are uberly aggressive. Everybody up front is big, fast. I mean, that's fast. They want to get up the field really, really quickly, so you catch them slipping, right? Use their aggressiveness against them. That isn't this team. They create pressures by bull rush. That's how they do it. They grab you, and they just push you back. We're bigger than you. We're stronger than you. So it's not the team because your guys can't get off the block, Right? If they're engaged with a guy, they can't shed them. It's very difficult to shed that guy and then get your alignment up to the next level to start trying to get out and block. So I would say no, unless you're running receiver screens and you can catch these guys in a too high shell um, pre-snap. You know, Like I said, I like, a lot of times they like to rotate. But again, you're going to need your receivers to have the best blocking game of their life. I mean, you're asking a lot of these guys. I don't foresee – I don't see anybody on this roster that you would crown that's our guy to go out there and block. Yeah, Like, like when I was in New England – I wasn't the guy that was expected to be the the conversion guy for the big play, right? I wasn't the Michael Gallup to make the big catch and get the first down. Like, I was my my primary role was I was the big receiver on the team. And we're going to run the screen game all day long with Wes Walker. And I don't care who's out there. I'm bigger and stronger than them. I'm going to pick those guys up and move them out the way. That was the confidence that the team had. So that was my role, right? I was that guy, and I was a clear out guy for Randy Boss. Those are my two roles, right? So I don't see anybody who has that particular role on this offense last year you had noah brown the past few years you had noah brown that was a guy that you crowned and said hey come in this short motion and go knock the heck out of that dog on safety hey come in short motion and, and block this defense in we just need you to hold him for a couple seconds or hey we're going there and, and lock up on these receiver on these defensive backs so we can get this this bubble screen going they don't
5: have that guy at least we haven't seen it on film and what, at what point did you go to Belichick and go, Bill, it's my time to eat? <laughs> nah, never, <laughs> you know? never. Hey, know your role. <laughs> you shut your mouth and know your role. <laughs> I was going to ask you about the Dak thing. Is that, um, you know, he had talked after the game the other night about how he didn't run as much against San Francisco. And after that game, he looked back and I thought, maybe I need to use, not, not when I say run, I don't mean necessarily to get, gain yards, but to buy time, get outside the pocket. How, and, and he's done that the last two games. Mm-hmm. How important do you think that will very, be in this game?
1: very. Because these guys don't want to run. If you can find a way to get in the way of Hassan Reddick and get in the way of Josh Sweat, you have a chance, right, to get outside the pocket. The reason why I don't like the three-four is the three-four bottles everything up yeah these guys are so wide they're standing up and they can see everything i can stand up i see everything and i keep everything inside so i'm as i come downhill towards the quarterback i'm literally constricting the the quarterback pocket when they're in that four and 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 then you talk about the inside pressure those guys are getting moved backwards or stalemating there's just nowhere to go right it's literally like you're getting suffocated when they're in that four three I think you can get the edge. I think you can take Ferguson and bring him in motion and seal the edge and now get Dak out on the go. That's what you want to see. You start getting some rev routes. You have to be in condensed sets. You have to be in bunch sets. Uh, we're going to show some things in, in film room where these guys get exposed because because they're playing so much, man. You have to make it hard for them to to, to allocate who has who. And if you're just lining up like we saw in the first, before, first five, six games of the season, if you're just lining up and you're saying, okay, all right, we know you're a man, stick me you're not giving yourself the best advantage, okay? If you put some things in motion now, guess what? Okay, I got you. No, 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 you got him. You got him. Okay, in, 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 out, out, out. Like, you're confusing them. You have to do that. And I think if you can get on the edge and bring your your, your splits down, bring your motions down, you can cause enough confusion. You can get some guys out open. I, I do think they can be exposed in that regard, but you have to do that on a consistent basis. Um,
3: and you still have to be able to run the ball. There's a lot that goes into this matchup. I, yeah. There's a lot. You honestly – Made me feel a little bit better yeah. about this matchup because I'm watching film and I'm seeing a lot of the things you're talking about. The strength of the interior, the way that these guys run to the football. I mean, they swarm the mm-hmm. ball. There's times when there's six or seven jerseys right. at the ball. And then, of course, you you look at the names in the secondary – I saw something similar of where they can get separation. Mm-hmm. Dallas could find separation because Washington found it. Because yep. some of these other teams at Philadelphia, despite winning winning or losing, they found separation. The Jets had plenty of it mm-hmm. early in the year. The secondary has a chance to be exposed. Yes. And, and that's where I feel like Dallas has struggled the most through the first five weeks. But then these last couple weeks have started to figure it out a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. So maybe if they can continue moving in the right direction, they have a shot on on Sunday. Because going into this week, I just knowing Philadelphia, knowing the roster that's at hand, I didn't see much of a shot. Now I'm starting to see there's some, some spots here. There's a, lot, there's, there's a lot of opportunities. There's kinks in the armor yeah, all is. the way through. But you have to, you need to get out the pocket to do them. <laughs> Got <get, gotta, laughs> to get it. But yeah. they've done that the last year. Yeah, very weeks. much so. Dallas yeah. did it against both of the L.A. teams. These guys are aggressive. So
1: much like Dallas is aggressive in, in the front seven, and teams want to take advantage of how aggressive Michael Parsons is and D-Law and everybody else, also Diggie Zua, that aggressiveness is the same for, for the Eagles, but it's in the secondary. Yeah, And these guys want to be the guy to make the play. They want to come out. There's plays that are on film from last week specifically where there was a, a whack play action in the backfield. You have a safety in a corner that are literally 20 yards away from the line of scrimmage, and they're still looking in the backfield like, can I do something about it? And guys are running <laughs> right by them. You know, so like they, they're nosy, right? They are very nosy, and they, they get their eyes stuck in places that they shouldn't be. The, the only difference is when they make those mistakes, you have to make them pay for it. If you miss out on those opportunities, you will kick yourself the next day because you probably won't have the result that you want.
4: Quick question: You had mentioned in the last segment about how you know utilizing the motion that they found last week yes. would probably be quite a bit of success and to the to the audience. Thirty three times they used motion in the first six games; eighteen times nice. uh, in week seven. Do you look at the game that they had against Miami and the success that they had defensively, mm. and maybe give a little bit of pause to the motion, just because Miami? I mean, they're motioning on eighty something percent of plays, uh, and they only scored ten points offensively in that game. Do you do you have a little bit of pause looking at that?
1: No, I don't, because Miami missed on a lot of opportunities. They they really did. Miami missed on a ton. They, Was
4: that the biggest catalyst there? Just I think not executing. So. I
1: think they just didn't execute. Yeah. I think uh, Tyreek Hill dropped at least two touchdowns that I remember oh, right yeah, I off back. Yeah. Um, so it was less how effective Philly was and more so on the fact that Miami just missed on some big opportunities. Yeah. Um, that's not to discourage anybody that's listening, but I'm just telling the truth. Like, yeah. there was some plays in there that would have really blown that game open that were missed. And that's what I'm saying. If you miss on those opportunities, you would kick yourself because yeah. they don't come around a lot. Yeah.
3: The, uh, of course, tomorrow, say with the Chess Friday, right. we'll be making our picks. I, I want to start doing this. We haven't done this yet, but I want to at least have John pick the Cowboys game on the air here hmm. on Thursday. So, especially with it being a big week. On the spot. I, I, it is kind it's of on mine, the spot. I
5: haven't wavered on this at all. Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah, who are you picking for, for Sunday's matchup and and Why?
5: Oh, I'm picking the Eagles. I just <laughs> 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 I just don't see The that. mic throw. I, I don't see the Cowboys doing enough in the run game to, to be able to win this game. Um, it's going to be I, tough. I will, say, I, I will say that if the Cowboys are to win this game and I don't get to watch it, I would say that there would be a chance. that I, My belief would be that they cause Jalen Hurts to turn the ball over, whether it be mm-hmm. fumbling, throwing interceptions. I do think that that's on the table for them. But if he takes care of the football, basically my, my biggest takeaway, I'll say this. I think Jalen Hurts just has to play solid for the Eagles to win. I think Dak Prescott has to be great mm. for the Cowboys to win. And so, and it's possible. I mean, heck, I mean, it's a three-point spread. It's not like this is some like I don't know how they're going to do it. Like they obviously can. They're rivals. Like, um, but since the schedule came out and the way the season's unfolded, uh, the way the Cowboys play at home, the way the Cowboys play on the road. Nothing's changed for me. I think I think the Eagles win this game. I'll say 27-24. Um but I think Cowboys win Close when game. they when they come to AT&T Stadium.
1: Just fun fact real quick. Okay. When Jalen Hurts is under pressure. Okay? Not like Dak. Dak throws 70% completion. Mm-hmm. Throws really good high a touchdown probability there. When Jalen Hurts is under pressure, he throws 53% completion. Mm-hmm. Has 6 touchdowns, 5 interceptions.
5: There's your key. Put, Put right pressure there.
3: on that man. He doesn't like it this year. Yeah. Certainly. The the more this week has gone on, the more confident I feel about this matchup, which is dangerous. That's why
1: we study, baby. And that's why That's <laughs> why you hit
3: the film. The more, I mean, on paper going into Monday, it was like, okay, got a big win. They needed it. <laughs> they got a big-time win against the Rams because, man, Philadelphia is coming up. This is going to be tough. I'll make my official pick tomorrow, but the more this week goes on, the mm. more I am confident that the Cowboys are going to have a chance of winning this okay, game. Just a They've got to execute. And honestly, I, I love the way you put that. Jalen Hurts has to play well. Dak Prescott has to play out of his mind. It, 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 even if it's not out of his mind, at least great. To, uh,
5: well, I think he just has to stay on, that, on where he's at right now. Like these last two games, Solid. it's been ratcheted up, and he has to go another level for them to win this game on the road, hostile environment, best team in the NFL, probably the most talented roster in the NFL. Um, yeah, I mean, and he's played well against the Eagles in the past. It's not like he's going to go into that stadium and, and, and be nervous. Like, oh, I don't know what we're getting ourselves into. He knows, but he's going to have to. He has to play great. Yeah. yeah,
3: against this defense that Isaiah just explained, and, and also
5: I, I really feel like they have to get out to a lead early if they're going to yes. win this game. I don't think they can fall behind and then play catch up. I just I, I don't think that that will happen. They're
3: zero two having
5: to play catch up. Yeah. They haven't
3: had to come from behind wins. Mm-hmm. Not the offense yet good
5: for them. right. Yeah,
3: I don't think they've trailed in a game that they've won. <laughs> I think uh, I mean I'm very I'm inter- thinking about this. I mean, other than maybe like a one score. Yeah, pa- I think the Patriots three early. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like other than the, like a first drive yeah. deal. I, I, that might be the only time they yeah. trailed in a
5: win. Uh, other factor with me, too, is that this will be the toughest road environment they play in. Yes. No All doubt season? About that.
4: With Buffalo? All season? Yep. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. yeah would factor in the rivalry, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure.
3: Uh, RDJ on the the text line said, good job, Isaiah, explaining the Eagles' defense against the Cowboys' offense. Well done. Appreciate the insight. Appreciate you, bro. You it go. is
5: always good stuff. I'm not just saying that because I'm on the show for with sure. you. Like It is very, very yes. good stuff. Like for sure. Insightful. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, I don't think that there's enough of that. In the league altogether, especially nationally. A lot of stuff you get is a lot of the hot take, like headline stuff. You don't get a lot of that behind the scenes. Hey, this is why this team's doing this, this is why this is working. So yeah, it's it is always great stuff. Appreciate
3: it. Very nice. Good I disagree. Well no well <laughs> We need some kind of debate on this show. No debate. It's a big time matchup this week. Cowboys Philadelphia coming up at three twenty five on Sunday. Also no debate. The uh, the Texas Rangers are world champions. I'm excited. Was that your Texas excited? Rangers.
4: That was your excited. That's voice? my excited. Kyle's still drunk on champagne. Exactly. Yeah, just
3: wait until tomorrow <laughs> out of the parade. Oh I'm going to be drunk on a lot more things. All right, here we go. Chris Beam in the back, Isaiah Stanback, John Machota. Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from Talking Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow for
0: more. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this cowboys? Yeah!